0: Now, there's sometimes moments when one has to talk about something from ancient time, and it's hard to describe, like a phone booth. You know, you try to tell someone what that's like, what it looks like, what it could be, and they're sort of scratching their heads. I'd like to start by mentioning a radio. Can 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 I trust that we'll have a picture of that? Is that too far-fetched an image? In the old days of radio before digital, you had to work to get the channel. You had to work actively to find it and choose it decide upon it. And all the way along there was static. Now technology solves that, but I'm afraid I have I have to let the other shoe fall that even now we managed to find our own static or our confusion about what channels are worthwhile. Because we fall too easily, it said, for cons and for cults and for frauds. Indeed, many have pointed out that social media and then the siloing that comes in different directs, from different directions. In some ways, for all their names, seem anti-social. Does the head of Facebook strike you as the person who should define for you what a friend is, what friendship means, and who your friends are? We used to wonder how people of another time were led into this or that, which history showed later with exclamation points and underlinings to be false, to be false. And yet, human nature is the same in every age. And so, those faults, and I'm sad to say, trapdoors still occur and perdure. In every age, sadly, there are people, bad people, who think they can get away with harming others, making fun of them, harming them, hurting them. And yet standing as witness against that is the marvelous line of Psalm 7, the 15th verse. They dug a hole for others. They fell into the hole that they had dug. They dug it for others, but they fell into it themselves. The foolers become the fooled and are obviously fools. So digital helps finding the right channel if we know how to do that. But sadly, you know, the other, you know what the other shoe is gonna sound like falling, do you wanna hear it? <laughs> digital also makes it easier to tune into the wrong channel. You know, I often say to people, software is more important than hardware. People will say, they've got a ticket, they're going to Europe to a particular place, they've got the hotel. They have no idea what's there. They're not sure they're going to go to any museums and they don't know of any sites. And they have no idea what's in any one museum, any one of which would draw you across the ocean by flapping your own arms and hoping you make it even without the plane ticket. The software is more important than the hardware. We can tune into channels, but we need learning and information and being informed and being judicious and being sensible and using discernment and having a conscience that's also a conscience that has been filled with understanding and balance and is informed. And so in these matters, it's not the wires, but the IQ and the EQ, the emotional quotient, and above all, the heart and the head and the soul. That is to say, to tune aright, to actively choose what we listen to and whom we listen to. And therefore today, front and center in our first reading, the first book of Samuel, the third chapter, and there in the ninth verse, and repeat it again in the 10th. Eli's, Eli's magnificent advice to Samuel. When this happens again, and you're not sure what, say, speak Lord, for your servant is listening. There are two magnificent things in that line of all the things we could listen to are people, to listen to the Lord, the Lord on high. Speak, Lord. Don't speak static, don't speak some con artist, don't speak some fraud, I really want to listen to you so I can make, be a patsy and make a wreck of my life. But speak, Lord, so I can do your will and fulfill the marvelous thing that you want me to become for the life of the world, the marvelous person. Speak, Lord, to choose the Lord, and then really to listen. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. My old Latin teacher in high school used to say, audire is to listen, ob audire is to really listen. And of course, the other word for that is obedience. Not to obey every gym, crack, not crazy thing come down the pike. Why, why tie oneself in slavery to occult, nonsense, fraud, But rather, if we obey, let it only be to the Lord, that's the first commandment, not to tie ourselves in slavery to gym crack things, that's against the first commandment, but only to the Lord, to listen, to obey God, to choose, to choose the Lord and not be a patsy to lesser things. Like Father... Uh, Father Kelly, I had the luck to go to the Greg in Rome, the Gregorian, named after the same pope who changed the calendar, Gregory 13. And uh, there I had perhaps what many people call the finest Roman Catholic moral theologian of the 20th century, Father Bernard Herring. He was a legendary medic, heroic medic in a legendary battle that of Stalingrad. Long before that, he was there and he, uh, there in Germany, he used to tell us in class that people around him, and the homes around him, his playmates, his friends, his kids he knew, they and their homes would listen to Hitler. He said, my father would never allow Hitler in the house. We had a radio, but it was never allowed to be tuned to Hitler. And he would bring that up with his friends when they would quote him things and he didn't seem to know them or join in. And his friends would say, oh yes, we know he's bad. We know he's a joker. We know he's a jerk. We won't fall for that. We'll never fall for that, but we think he's entertaining. And then he got a grim look, and his eyes focused on each of us in turn, and he said, all those homes became the homes of Nazis. All those homes, where the kids said, we won't fall for this, became the homes of Nazis. We know we just like the fun. How important to have a higher standard. And to listen to the Lord, and to listen with the whole heart and ear to Him. How important that. We are called, we know, with the double commandment to love God and to love our neighbor. Did you ever think, did you ever notice, did you ever realize that therefore that could be a marvelous, a marvelous way to find what we should be noticing and paying attention to? Not only God but our love of understanding, to pay attention to our neighbor's situation with a whole heart and perception and with understanding. To notice how people are treated and to pay attention to that, because our calling on this earth besides love of God is to be the love of neighbor. It seems apt then, doesn't it, that this is the weekend for Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, born of his birthday, but more importantly of that whole message and meaning and mission which is the mission of the church and each of us, of social justice, of the right to life. For people not to be lynched and tortured first, but to value their lives, the life of everyone. For social justice, to see that they have the right to be, the right to a job, not to be taken advantage of, made fun of, marginalized, and live on. You know, the afterburner of the New Deal was, uh, what was it for the, uh, uh, for those who came back from war, they were given the advantage of college and help for, in funding, which also helped them with the home. And can you guess that there was one race that generally by the banks was redlined out of that? That made a big difference in people's principle. And as a matter of principle, it should have been for everyone. But it wasn't. And you can see the things still stayed bad. How important the Lord's call in Matthew 25, giving us ahead of time the word for our SAT, our final exam. Those things that involve other people and social justice. And Martin Luther King brought that to life for us. Not by violence, the violence done them, but never returning it in kind. By nonviolence. And then John Lewis, who used to come and ch- we, ch- we chat with him here when he came to campus. John Lewis, whose head was split open in the crossing of the Edmund Pettus Bridge, thought for sure he was dying. He said, I would buy a Dr. King, I wrote him a letter. He sent by return mail a ticket so I could go to meet him and that changed my life. In a way, as a nation, all these different saints, secular and otherwise, have changed our lives too, if we but listen and if we but develop an ear for the truth and if we thirst, after justice. Over the holidays, sadly, there was a fellow at the law school who died a second year. And his parents down there, and I think Tacoma Park, I was sent a note about it by a friend from Chevy Chase, wrote an appreciation of him, of Tommy. I wish you'd pray for him and pray for his parents. He was Jewish. We pray that the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob bring him home and help his parents. In their sadness. But they had this marvelous memorial to him, and the memoir said he had a great line that was said of Dorothy Day by a priest at the time, and that was Tommy's favorite line. And Tommy's favorite line about that Catholic woman was, she lived as if the truth were true. And do you know what his parents said of him? That was him. That's how he lived. Let us pray, God, that's how We live too. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. For your servant is listening. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.